welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 155 for Saturday the 1st of June 2019. Coming up this week, I'm making my way through my edit of So Many Lies. I'll have a progress report for you from the world's most reluctant editor. I have BookBub News 2 after a wait of almost one week this time around. Amazon made me an offer this week, but I knocked them back. Plus, my book funnel changes. KDP reporting gets a very welcome makeover. And how I squeezed in a bit of writing over the past seven days. So, recording this one a little bit earlier. I'm recording this on Thursday evening because we're off on a little bit of a jolly tomorrow. And in actual fact, we're going to the area that my Left for Dead book is based on, which is uh, Lancaster and Morecambe. And we're doing that because my wife's got some leave to use up. So we're going on a little adventure. Uh, Lancaster is where we met at the college there at St. Martin's. So we always like going around our own haunts. But also, uh, this is a little bit sad, um, I'm enjoying my park run so much. I'm doing what's called park run tourism on Saturday morning. And we've booked a guest house, which is just on the seafront. And I'm going to nip out and do a park run along the promenade on Saturday morning. So that's called park run tourism when you travel around the country and you try different park runs. So that's why I'm recording this a little bit earlier. And it is, of course, half term this week, which is why my wife's got some uh, time to use. So um, I did actually do some writing this week. Uh, not a lot, but uh, I got some writing done. I wrote 1,331 words, and that was basically my author notes for Left for Dead. And if you recall, one of the items that I've pinched from the 20 books people, Michael Andre always writes author notes, personalised notes at the back of his book. And I've done that on all my back catalogue of books now, and they've all inserted into the files. And so now when I write a book, I'm writing author notes. And the author notes are really just me chatting about where I got the inspiration from. There are little tales around the book. Um, you know, the characters, where they're inspired from. Um, if you want, to, I, I, it's like the kind of director's cut or DVD extras, I guess is how I describe it for a book. But the reason I'm doing that is I'm making it readable. And then every time in the notes, there's the call to action within the notes, within chatty uh, text to encourage people to sign up for my email list. I'm really just going to see how that goes, see how it works. But the the idea, this concept of a thousand true fans, it's feeding into these monthly emails that I'm doing that are much more personable, much more friendly. And so I want the books to feel that way too. And that's why I'm doing the author notes. You hear me talking in my own voice about why I wrote the book and how it's inspired often from real life and talking about the locations and things like that. So yeah, we've got nearly one and a half thousand words written uh, this week. I'm also making my final edits on So Many Lies at the moment. And if you recall, uh, I've done my first edit. My wife's done an edit on this. It's been through beta readers. All those edits have been taken into account now. It went to Helen Fazal, who's had it for over a month. She's now returned it to me. And she some changes she just makes, other changes she, she suggests. So um, I'm going through all, or I've been through all of her changes now. And I'm giving it my last read. And when I've given it my last read, I'll send it to Helen which is effectively a last check, a last proofread, if you want, just to make sure neither of us have missed anything. And then it's good to go. And what I may do, because I've got the time, is I may then send it out to my beta readers and say, look, if you didn't read this when it was in its raw form and you fancy reading it now, it should be pretty well perfect. Give it a read. 
let me know if you're spotting a thing and it's just that last opportunity to put things right. So um, I, I, I'm pleased that I split so many lies up into small bite-sized chunks. So um, on Monday, I wasn't doing anything on Monday. I was in Chester doing a university room clearance and, and taking all my oldest child's stuff back in the car. So that was Monday. But on Tuesday and Wednesday, I was back at work. And in the evenings, I just did two chapters each evening. So I, I do find the editing, if I don't really thrash it, if I if I make it into bite-sized chunks, it's much better for me because I don't really enjoy it very much, not naturally. But I am really enjoying the story. Uh, I'm really pleased with uh, So Many Lies as a story. Um, it is, I tend to write my, I don't write my stories in a linear fashion. And in actual fact, the next one I write, I'm going to force myself to write a, a, a linear story. But I like quite, I like reading quite complex stories, um, psychological thrillers, uh, where you get different points of views or different time frames. I just like that. Uh, it, so I write what I like and I'm, I'm enjoying my book tremendously. So even if as a reader of one, so be it. But, um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm reading it and, I, and I'm pleased with it and, and looking forward to getting it released. So I finished the edits on that book on Thursday the 6th of June and then it goes back to Helen and then it'll be ready to turn into vellum files and all of that sort of stuff as well. Incidentally I had a conversation with Stuart Bache this week. Stuart is going to be working on five book covers for me so he's re-skinning uh, if you want uh, Left 4 Dead, One Fatal Error, Burden of Guilt and the other one, Who to Trust. So those are the standalone thrillers that I launched and did really nothing with. So they're going to get new titles and new covers, and uh, they're going to be completely relaunched as part of this rapid re-relaunch. I've also asked him to do the cover for So Many Lies. That's the fifth one. And I sent him an email this week and said, can you squeeze in another one for me as part of this order? And he's agreed to do Left for Dead for me. So Stuart Bache is going to be doing six covers. That's going to cost me more than £2,000 to do that. So I'm pleased I've had book bubs. I'm pleased they've brought in extra earnings. But as I always say to you, don't be deceived by those earnings because I just keep ploughing them back in either to edits, to, to make sure the quality of the books is as high as it can be or for the covers. And one of the things I was really pleased with, with the Stuart Bache covers is that when I'd done book bubs on Don't Tell Meg and Don't Tell Meg and the, the follow-ups, uh, particularly in Apple, it's just the way that Apple does its um, charts. When I saw my, my book covers alongside Lee Child and, and all these, you know, huge thriller writers, because that, that's what you get when you're on Apple. It, it just didn't look, it just looked like it belonged there. Whereas with the original covers that I made, although they didn't really seem to have a problem for readers, I'd have been quite embarrassed to have my covers among the David Baljatches and the Lee Childs and all the big kind of psychological thriller authors. They would have been quite embarrassing to have the, those there. Whereas I didn't look out of place with Stuart Bache covers. And that's really why I'm doing that. It's got to look um, professional. I know I could get away with cheaper covers but I, I just want to get the best covers I can. So um, that's what will happen with So Many Lies. It's going to get a brand new cover. Stuart dropped me a line this week to say uh, that's fine. He, he's not expecting me until the 1st of July, but he said, send the info over as soon as you can. So actually my biggest problem is he coming, because I love my titles so much. I'm very happy with the titles for the books. My problem is I've got to come up with new titles for the books if I'm going to re relaunch them. 
And uh, I need to come up with titles that I'm as happy with. And that's, I need to have a creative session and, and see if I can come up with some titles that I love as much as I, as I do my existing title. So, So Many Lies is fine because it's never been released. Left for Dead is fine because it's never been released. But the other four, I'm going to have to come up with new titles so that I can delist the old books and create new listings with the new titles. Now, if you're listening to this and you know more than me and you know that I can relaunch a book with the same title uh, again uh, let me know but I, I don't think you could do that I think I'm going to have to have a new title as far as I know but but let me know if you know otherwise and do it quickly please because uh, I'm just about to commit to this when I give Stuart a load of new uh, titles I've started my new book prep this week I got my story um, it's funny how these stories come to you I, I think it's like uh, you know you get these people who say oh ask the universe for something I, I don't subscribe to that um, for one minute I think Noel Edmonds in the UK used to say about this that you ask the universe for something and the universe will provide I I, I don't subscribe to it but I think there's some truth to if you if you for instance buy a car that's blue metallic blue for instance, when you get that car, you will suddenly start to notice that there are many cars that are metallic blue of that colour. And you won't have noticed it before. Uh, and, and you'll suddenly realise, you'll think, oh, where did all these cars come from? It's because I believe it's where you put your attention is where you get your results. So I'm, I'm, that's my kind of version of that. I don't think it's as ethereal as the, the universe provides. I actually think it it's reflected by if you put your attention into certain areas, that's just where you get your results. So in terms of explaining why I'm talking about this and my new story idea, when I put my mind into a, I'm thinking of a new story frame of mind, the story ideas come to me. Now, some people would say, well, that's the universe providing. Well, I don't think that. I think it's because I get results where I put my attention. And what I've been doing for the last week or so is constantly chugging over ideas, chugging over scenarios chugging over locations chug 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 and then what happens i i think is that you you kind of come up with an idea at that point so because i put my attention on coming up with a new idea it's where i got my results so it's not ethereal for me but but i i I do subscribe to that idea that uh, that if you if you do put your attention into one area it is where you get your uh, results so anyhow i've started my book prep um, I've created the files in the novel factory. I've populated the characters and given them names. Scrivener is all ready for me to start writing. I've used my alphabet template this time. And this is working very well for me. It's a very simple technique. I knew about it all along. I still make mistakes with names, but I've got an alphabet template now. So I have, um, it's basically just in a template that I use in Google Drive. And it's got A, a to Z for first names, A to Z for surnames. And as I come up with character names, I fill in the the spots in the surname section and the and the, and the uh, forename section, and then it makes sure that I don't have first names and second names starting with the same letter. What the problem occurs is when I'm writing and I come up with a name because I need one quickly on the hoof, and I haven't got it's a, a character, a minor character, if you want. That's usually when I get into trouble. Anyhow, I have a working title. It probably won't stay as this working title, but the reason I I I like to populate characters and I like to have a title and I've made a working cover for the book. The reason I like that is, it's, it's again, it goes back to where you put your attention is where you get your results. I like to have a title that gives me the feel, the look and feel of the book of the story because it gets my head in the zone. And this, all this stuff works for me. 
you use whatever works for you. So the title that I've given this book, and it's a working title. I think, I think this title is good to change. The working title is Taken on Trust and I've created a cover for it. It's just one of Paul's dodgy covers and I will put it on the resources notes for this week. If you want to go and have a look at those and you can have a look at the cover, it's, uh, the picture is really good actually, but it just helps me get into the zone. And I got a dodgy catchphrase on that and I will improve that catchphrase. Um, and what's the catchphrase? So it's quite small on my page. I think it's her worst nightmare just got started. I think that's the catchphrase I've used for the book, right? That needs refining. Uh, I know it does. It's not tight enough yet. It's not neat enough yet. But I, I try and articulate through the title and through the, the little catchphrase, the little subheading, if you want to call it that, and the image that the mood and the feel of the story. I get the characters as well. And the lo- and some of the locations that I want to write in. So, for instance, I didn't use it in my last book, but I want to have a scene in a scrapyard. Um, you don't really see them as much nowadays, but scrapyard where people go to tip cars. They, they call it a breaker's yard as well. But I want to have a fight uh, scene in a scrapyard, uh, potentially where where people are moving cars around with cranes. It's just I just got a, a strong. Uh, vision of that scene and so I've put that in as the locations in this book I put any locations and ideas that I have ideas that I, I just get as I'm watching tv and things like that I just jot them all down and then what I will then start to do I've got this um, I've written the what do you call it the blurb I've written the blurb for this story um, which again puts me into the zone and I know that with the blurb I can turn that into a story now I don't know the twist yet and I don't know the who done it yet. But what I'm going to do now is work back from all of that and start to populate the, the story, uh, which is its working title is Taken on Trust. Uh, so that's kind of how I get into the zone with my story ideas. And I'm working on that at the moment. And I, I need to start writing on Friday, the, what is it, the 14th of June. Now I got my story. I pr- I'm pretty confident I'll be ready to do that. I just want to sketch out my plan. I think I've got the twist as well. Um, and then I will just start writing. Um, the other thing though is I, I want to make this more of a linear book. I do tend to jump with time frames and, uh, character point of views. I may just give up on it and just say, look, this is how I write my books. But, um, I would, for reasons that I'll explain to you next week, like to keep this more linear in nature. So that's my writing and editing updates for this week. I have bookbub news for you. Now, you know that I've been submitting the secret bunker for a long, long time. And they haven't accepted me yet. Now, hang on, we need the drum roll. Let's have a drum roll, please, because the world's worst drum roll. I've got a book bub for The Secret Bunker, but there's a but with this. So it took them ages to get back to me. It feels like it's longer than a week, uh, but it's at least a week. And I was thinking, all right, it's going to be another Dear John. It's going to be another no. But then I think it was yesterday, the email popped into my inbox saying, congratulations, you've got a book bub. And uh, oh, fantastic! I got a book bump on the secret bunker. Excellent! So I just kept trying. I, this is about is it fifteen or sixteen? And um, so I had lots of rejections on this, and I was getting very excited about it. And then I I read because I, I never read the small print. Uh, I'm so easy to con because uh, my wife has to read the small print. I got my it's just not where I put my attention. And um, the small print said that they've placed me in a different category, and the category for the secret bunker is horror. And I was just going to reject it outright and say, no, why the hell would I want to be, why would I want to be in horror? And then I looked at the, the horror category 
on BookBub to see what kind of books they've got in there. And they have got my kind of book. So in their description of horror, they have put end of world dystopian books. And the other thing they've done is they've dropped the price down. So I was going to be paying 500 and something dollars. There's no way am I paying that to be in a category that I don't really feel my book belongs in. But they dropped the price to 200 pounds, essentially, rounding it up. And so I thought, you know what, they've got my kind of book in there, 200 quid, that's fine. I would rather have The Secret Bunker on a promo than not. So I paid that and said, yes, it's not until the 25th of June. But I did go back to BookBub and say, actually, a more comfortable category, if you want to recategorize this, is what's the one? It's YA, Young Adult. So um, I have paid it. I am going to do it, even if they won't change the category, because I just want The Secret Bunker to go on a BookBub to see what it could do. I haven't a clue if I'll end up with lots of the wrong readers on there. But when you look at their horror category, they it's I assumed that horror would be monsters, zombies, and vampires. That's that's my my idea of horror. Um my book is not horror. It's only horror in terms of it's the end of the world kind of horror. Um so I would say it's more science fiction. They said it's not science fiction, but it is science fiction. And so I'll take a chance because I just want that book on a book bub and let's just see what it does. It might fail terribly. I might get all the wrong readers and get a ton of bad reviews saying, where were the vampires? Where were the werewolves? Who knows? But as I say, there were my kind of books in there. So I'd rather they changed it to young adult, but it has got a list of a million. And to be honest with you, so long as the, the blurb is clear, you know, don't buy it. Doesn't If it doesn't mention werewolves and and vampires and that sort of nonsense, Frankenstein's monster and things. Uh, you can tell I've been watching too much Hammer House of Horror. I'm not really a horror, horror fan. Um, I'm not a horror fan, actually. My wife loves horror, but I am not a horror fan at all. So let's see how that goes. I'll, I'll keep you informed about that. But yeah, so that's all my trilogies now being offered a BookBub deal. I, I really wasn't expecting that. Not after 15 or 16 rejections. I was just expecting to keep going back and to, for them to keep saying no but they didn't, which is fabulous. I did some work on MailerLite over the weekend. I, I've I've been a bit patchy with my email marketing, to be honest with you. Uh, not with my marketing, I beg your pardon, but with getting people to opt in. And because I've started to take a lot of my thrillers off now, one by one, I'm removing them from BookFunnel. And one by one, I've removed them as free offers for people signing up for my email list. And I had to be very careful because when you've got things on KDP Select, I've got to make sure that then rather than giving away a full book, I'm only giving away 10% of the book so I don't breach their guidelines. But it's going to be a case with my thrillers of a then there were none as I start to to delist them one by one, getting ready for this rapid re-release. So I've done some reviews, but also I I have not been collecting emails from my websites and I do get not a lot of traffic, but a, a chug, chug, chug of traffic on all my websites. So I used MailerLite. I checked my um, onboarding sequences. So in MailerLite, you can have automations whereby if somebody signs up for your email list, you can then send them automated emails over successive days and weeks. And I've got those set up for thrillers and sci-fi. And then at the end of that automation, they just move on to a general authors list where they just get my author news, whatever the genre. Um, so what I did at the weekend is I 
put what are called ribbons at the top of the sites that haven't got a proper opt-in. And I used something called MailMunch for this, which is free. And uh, MailMunch is just a WordPress plugin. And I went in all the sites that don't have uh, an encouragement to opt in. And if you go to any of the sites now, you'll see this, what's called this ribbon. It just appears at the top of the page and just encourage you, encourages you to register. There's no incentive there. There's no free book. There's nothing like that. Um, it's just, if you want to keep up to date with my author news, just register here. So I don't really have any offers at the moment uh, that, I, that I, I can safely give people. And that's why I've been a bit slack with encouraging people to register. So just to let you know how I've done that, um, it's, it's mail, mail munch using the MailerLite API, which is very easy to find. It's just a, a line of code um, in the integrations area. And it basically links MailerLite with MailMunch, and it allows you to put these nice little ribbons, these nice little opt-in ribbons across your website. And the other thing I like about um, MailMunch is that you can say, only display the ribbon once every week, once every 30 days, once every day, so people don't have to see it uh, all the time. So if you want to have a look at that, go and look at one of my websites, paulteague.co.uk or selfpublishingjourneys.com, and you'll see how those work. But that's that's how I've done it. MailMunch is a good little service. It works very well, and it's very straightforward and simple. And and delightfully, as I said, it's free. I have been taking part this month in a book fuddle mystery and suspense giveaway, and I've had over 473 book claims. And MailerLite tells me I've had 191 new subscribers this month. So most of those will have come from that giveaway. It's funny, I'm, I'm reading this to you now. I had actually made the decision to to just stop doing book funnels for a little while. I don't know about you, but they feel feel lackluster to me. I mean, you know that I haven't been doing, I'm going to call it Insta Freebie again, because I can't remember its new name. Progressive? No, I can't remember it. So whatever it is, Insta Freebie. You know what I mean when I say Insta Freebie. You know I haven't used Insta Freebie for a while. Prolific Works, that's the title. Remember what I said? Bad branding is where we can't remember the title. We could all remember Insta Freebie, but can we remember Prolific Works? I can't remember Prolific Works, but I can remember Insta Freebie. So that's a real case of a rebrand that wasn't very clever, I think. Anyhow, that's by the by. Um, so I've been doing book funnels in preference, and I do rate book funnel very highly. But what I've decided to do with book funnel is just give it a rest for a little while. Um, I just don't sort of feel... You get a lot of claims on the books, but maybe you're only getting a quarter to a third as subscribers. I mean, I'm looking at that 191 new subscribers now and thinking that isn't bad. But I tell you what I don't like about taking part in book funnels or, or Insta freebies. The thing I don't like about it is I have to share books that frankly are a bit rubbish that, that you know, the, the, the covers are rubbish or they look a bit shoddy. I don't really want to be on that page, to be honest with you. I don't want to be on that page because I feel like it brings my my book down. And you always get these on giveaways. You always get dodgy covers and, and or bizarre books. And you think, what on earth possessed you to write that book? Um, and I don't like being in giveaways on those pages because I feel that that brings my, my brand down. So I'm getting to the situation with Book Funnel where I'd rather hold the giveaway myself so I can actually be a gatekeeper to what goes on so I don't have to accept any old rubbish. Um, and, and then at least... I'm getting a load of quality covers and uh, the event is, is higher quality. But that, I think that really is, is the solution is to hold your own giveaway, but you can't hold your own giveaway every week. I mean, really, I would say probably every quarter you get away with holding your own giveaway. So I think what I'll do is I, I'm talking myself into it now. I, I have, I'm going to cancel book funnel. 
when this giveaway ends on May the 31st, I was going to cancel Book Funnel, just give it a rest for a while, mainly because I've got no books on it at the moment um, as I delist all my thrillers. But I, what I might do is is hold my own giveaway, maybe August. That would make sense. Just pay for it for a month. Do a giveaway in August. Use 10% of Don't Tell Meg, which will pr- probably still be listed at that time. Uh, and just bump up my thriller list before I do the rapid re-release. That's probably what I'll do. But I, I am going to cancel it for a while. But yeah, that's I was I was trying to work out why I don't really want to do book funnels at the moment because I do like book funnel. I think it's a, I think it's great, but it's a great product and they keep innovating. But that's it. I don't like being in giveaways and having to share on my email list giveaways that have pretty poor books. And books that I'm looking at thinking, what possessed you to write that? You know, who do you think the audience is for that book? Um, but you know, basically they're not written to any kind of market in any way. And I don't want to share a page with those books. So yeah, the solution is to hold your own giveaways. And I've always got lots of subscribers from my own givers. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm right. You're hearing it now. This is a live decision on the podcast diary. I'm just going to hold my own giveaway, certainly for the next couple of times, I think. Um, but it, it's just like I did my monthly email. On Sunday, I sent out my monthly email, and when I when I take part in these giveaways, I'm I'm encouraging people to because I have to as part of the promo deal. I need to share the promo, and I'm just thinking I don't really want to share this. I I, I want my I want my I want people who are on my email list really to just hear about me and what I'm doing and engage with me. I don't really want to send them to other sources. I don't really want them to send them to links that are a bit below par. And this is one of my problems when people do list swaps. I used to do this. They used to, what they used to call it. We used to call it something different when I was in internet marketing, but I did a lot of what's called list swapping. My experience of list swapping is it just ruins your list. You end up sending stuff that, you know, really you shouldn't be sending. It's, it's not your audience. They don't like it or it's, it's incongruous with, with what they want. And uh, you end up ruining your list. Uh, and that's why I don't really want to do these things. I just want to keep them focused on the, my kind of quality, if you want. Uh, my books, my stories, my author world. If they don't like that, they can go. But if they do like that, that's all they're going to get. So that's where I am with Book Funnel. Uh, at the end of the month, when this giveaway is finished, I'm just going to rest it for a little while. And I will I think I'll think about maybe just paying for it for a month and doing a giveaway um, maybe August, just before we start the rapid re-release. I got my first ever email this week. And I'm trying to remember, I mentioned that one of my author pals through this podcast had got one of these, and I can't remember whether I was allowed to mention his, her, or their name. I can't remember, so I'm not going to say their name. But you'll remember me talking about a an Amazon deal, you know these deals they send you where they say, we're going to put your book into a Kindle monthly deal, a Kindle daily deal, or a Kindle seasonal deal. And I was telling you about the results that this author got. Well, I had one of those emails out of the blue uh, today, just before I started recording, actually. And the email said, we're considering including one or more of your KDP titles in an upcoming Kindle promotion, Kindle monthly deal, Kindle daily deal, or Kindle seasonal sale in the UK, EU, Australia, and or India during the months of July and August 2019. Now, normally I would have jumped at that, particularly if it had been Don't Tell Meg, because Don't Tell Meg has just come out of a book bub. Uh, it can't go into a book bub for another six months, and it might as well be in a promo. But here's the big butter. This is why I said no to it. They wanted to promote book three of the trilogy. Now, book three is not a standalone, and I'm not 
going to sell that book as a standard. I don't want that in a separate promo. It needs to be either book one or it needs to be the box set, but it can't be book three as a standalone. So I had to say no. I didn't want to say no. I would have said yes. And I might actually reply to them having said no and say, look, you, you, you can't promote that book. Can we not do Don't Tell Meg? And then absolutely, yes, we'll do that. Um, but they've picked the wrong book. God knows what made them pick that book. It's the wrong book, though. Uh, you know, it's the last part of a trilogy. It doesn't work. If it was a, if it was part of a series, it would be fine. So anyway, I might send them an email and, and, and talk about that and um, see if we get that sorted. Okay, so I am... The other reason I've cancelled Book Funnel, by the way, is I'm just pulling in every cost saving that I can at the moment because I've got some real hefty costs coming up. And not all of them are going to be paid for with book income. So I've told you already that I'm going to be spending over £2,000 on six covers that Stuart Bache is going to create for me. And you can listen to Adam Nichols' interview on Monday about how he did his rapid re-release. And one of the techniques that Adam uses is to promote, and this is the same as Kiss and Oliphant too, is that they, they promote through book promotion sites. So I was looking at how I can create... As well as pay Stuart, I, I've got um, a thousand pound budgeted for Helen for so many lies. It was a ninety thousand word book, so it's going to be nine hundred to a thousand pounds that edit. Um, I've got Helen booked in. She never edited Who to Trust. That never went through a, a formal editing process, and I'd like Helen to look at it uh, for consistency because she does a great edit. I've got five hundred budgeted for that, and I wanted to budget for. Uh, I want to have a promotional budget for my rapid release. And I've managed to come up with a budget that's over a thousand pounds at the moment. But to, to do that and to squeeze everything I can out, I, this is one of the things I wanted to just cancel book funnel for a little while and just make every saving that I possibly can if I'm not sweating things that I'm paying for. So I have, um, I will cancel book funnel, but I've got a budget now of over a thousand pounds for promotion during that, that period. Now, um, in a couple of weeks time, we're going, we're going away and I, I'm going to need to record this diary early, uh, on a, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday evening. So what I'm going to do in a couple of weeks time is I'm just going to bring you up to date and, and go through the whole plan as it's settled for rapid re-release and give you every, every nut and bolt of it and tell you where we're up to. Cause it, I know it's quite complicated. I know I can lose the plot. When I sent out my monthly email on Sunday, even I was getting my book titles wrong. I told everybody they could get a copy of Left for Dead when I meant Dead of Night. And I got a few emails back saying, it's not that book, it's the other book. And I just had to say, yeah, I only write the things. Don't expect me to remember them. Uh, you know, I can't even remember my own titles now. So <laughs> there, there, there we go with that. Anyhow, yeah, I want to have a promo budget, basically. And um, I want to be able to promote on certain sites. But when I do that special episode... I will talk you through the whole plan sort of bit by bit rather than with this scattergun that you've had from me, uh, which is almost stream of consciousness. I will tell you how it's all going to settle, where I'm going to promote, where I'm using my budget. I'm going to give you dates. I'm even going to tie it down to dates now because I know exactly what my dates are. But I, I'll do that. It's going to be the episode that runs on Saturday, the 22nd of June. So it's Paul's Podcast Diary, episode 158. That will have all of my finalised rapid release plans so that you could just get it in one one single episode without all the ifs, buts, babies, idea changes and all that sort of stuff. So I know that's a lot of money. Is it worth it? 
well, even if it fails, if I even if I don't sell anything, my books will have decent covers going forward. So say I did this and then said, you know what, that's it. I've, I've had enough. What I'm going to do now is I'm just going to promote the books I've got, stick them on BookBub, take the money and go on holiday with it. You know, I've got 20 books now, 21, whatever it'll be. Uh, that's all I'm going to do. I've created these assets. I'm just going to take the money. So if that's the case, that's fine. They've all had great edits. They've all got proper covers on them. And they're assets that could just sit there and make me money year in, year out. But what I want you to do is I want you to listen really carefully to my interview with Adam Nichols on Monday, uh, because you'll understand then exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing. And when you hear his stats and when you hear how his rapid re-release happened, remember he was doing, he was exactly where I was. Uh, Go back and listen to his original interview if you want, um, because I interviewed him when he was kind of in the doldrums with his writing. And he, he went from, from where I am now, which is a guy who was selling a reasonable number of books. I think he just had his first thousand dollar month at the time. So I'm slightly ahead of that because I've been lucky and had a run of book bub ads. Um, but he was pretty well where I was and he, he, he resurrected his fortunes by following good practice and doing exactly what I'm doing with my books, which is to put new covers on them, new titles. He did re-edits because he'd got some quite consistent feedback with his books. Um, he, 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 the violent scenes, I think a lot of people found distasteful. And so he just, he, he removed those. He rewrote them. And I think maybe there was a lot of swearing. He took some swearing out. I think he made them American English. So, so something fairly simple like that. Um, so the stories are the same. It was just a, a light re-edit, a, a tweak. And he just repackaged them basically and had a hundred thousand pound year not dollar pound year last year with it and 90 percent of his income was from reads not even sales it was from reads so please listen to that interview on monday there's so much juicy stuff in it and also uh, as homework uh, to, to find out where adam was where we spoke last time uh, do look up the old episode with him just to see where he was with his career and just wait till you hear the difference because to me this is why i've been so keen to talk to him Adam, in the first interview I did with him, is where we all are, or most of us are now, or thereabouts. Certainly where we could all be within reasonable constraints. We can all get there. And Adam now is where we all want to be, exactly where we all want to be. So if you want to hear the before and after, the makeover, then listen to the old episode first. Catch the new episode on Monday. I think I mentioned, this feels like there's so much water under the bridge now, even I can't remember this, but I think last week I said to you that I'd put in an e-reader news today promo because I'm just testing promos out at the moment and I hadn't got a a result, a response, but I did get a response. I think it came in on Saturday and they said no, but the reason they said no was, whoopsie, I've already done a promo fairly recently and I've forgotten. So um, that's my fault. So it wasn't a no, your book is rubbish. It was a no, you've listed too soon again. Um, and I'd completely forgotten that I'd listed. So there you go. I'll just list again uh, another point. I wanted to mention the new KDP reporting dashboard to you. It, it It's pretty well. Um, one of the lessons I learned very early on in my internet marketing career was, and I don't remember whether you recall me telling you this, but uh, I can't even remember what year it was, but when Facebook, in the very early days of Facebook, you could do amazing marketing things. And with a, I, I worked with a freelance coder and we created what was a, a pretty good, it was very good, it was an amazing actually, amazing software for Facebook. And you couldn't run it now because Facebook's changed completely. There came a point where I just said, do you want enough now? You know, we've kind of made our money back. It's fine, we'll, we'll leave this. Um, 
But um, the lesson I learned from building a software on another platform on Facebook was never build a software on somebody else's platform because they could change things overnight and take your business away from you. And here's a good example of this. With the KDP reporting dashboard changed, when I looked at the reporting dashboard, I thought, well, I don't need book report anymore. Why, why would I have book report now? Now I've got this new KDP reporting dashboard. I think they've actually got it right. I mean, when I, they asked me to feedback on it, and I said, actually, what I would like is a pie chart. Just give me a pie chart like book funnel I've got, uh, rather than bar graphs. Uh, just that pie chart detail is quite nice for at a glance. But actually, in the KDP reporting dashboard now, you can now see, I think it's fair to say, pretty well everything you can see in book report. And I was just thinking, right, poor old book report, you're just about to lose a load of customers. And this is the hazards, incidentally, of building your business on a third-party platform. Because if they, if they change something that blows your product out of the water, or they change something that means that your product is no longer needed you're out of business. And I was looking at this thinking, oh, poor old book report. <laughs> I think we're all about to just make the change to the KDP report. So do have a look at it. It's brilliant. Um, you, you may not have, if you've just started, you may look at it and you may not have enough sales, uh, you know, for it to be exciting in any way, uh, but it's pretty good. It, it's it's close enough for me. I also like the estimation process better. So you could estimate page reads. I, I can't remember what it is, but it's something like an average number, you go higher than last month or lower than last month. I'm, I'm always, I always go lower. I like to budget lower. So I always get a pleasant surprise rather than budgeting higher and getting an unpleasant surprise. So, um, I like the budgeting. It tells me what I'm earning every day. I can change the currency to pounds. I'm not sure that I need book report anymore. Sorry, book report. You've done a great job and it was lovely while it lasted, but um, I think I'll be weaning myself off now. If you haven't had a look at it, do have a look at it. I think they're pretty well there now. What I'd like to see them now doing is exceeding book report and doing many cooler things. I wanted to recommend Dave Gochran's latest Amazon ad survival guide. Um, Dave, this has been an occasional series from Dave, which he's been sending out and I seem to be um, recommending him all the time now. I was recommending his excellent MailChimp review article after all the changes on MailChimp in the last couple of weeks, but he's now done part three of his Amazon ad survival guide. This is free. It's just part of his emails. What I've done is I've put links to his first three articles on this week's resources page to save you having to hunt for them. But I, I thoroughly recommend looking at those those articles. I, I, Dave speaks my language. I've, I've really tried with Brian Meeks's book and he just, he just doesn't speak in a way that I can understand or in, I just can't get my head around Brian makes his stuff. It's like, you know, when some people talk to you and all you hear is blah, 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 blah. I hear the words, but they're not going in. And it's not Brian's fault. It's about how it's, it's not at all Brian's fault. It's about how your minds are wired and how you receive information. And I just can't, I just can't process information Brian's way. Uh, whereas Dave, Dave speaks my language, which is why I was recommending his book, Babad's book as well. I, I can understand it. He speaks the way that I can learn. So, um, if you have been struggling with Amazon ads, if you want some new ideas, I've put those on the resources page for this week, which is fabulous. And um, I, I've been doing little tests, as you know, and I had a bargain booksy this week and I used to recommend free booksy to you. Uh, free, free booksy. So I got my first thousand dollar month using free booksy. And I did that by promoting don't tell Meg for free. And then people reading through as they do with book, but they buy books two and three. Um, and 
I've never really tried Bargain Booksy before. Bargain Booksy is where you list books at 99 pence or cents. And I've, I think it's the second time I've tried Bargain Booksy and it really isn't working for me at 99 pence or cents. On the day I did that promo, wait for it. And, and we know Don't Tell Me converts because I've, I, it, well, it converts for free. It doesn't seem to be converting very well at 99 pence or cents. Wait for it. Nine books is what I shifted. Nine books at 99 cents for, was it $40, $50, something like that. Uh, it was a lot. 44 quid that cost me to shift nine books. Very, very poor. So um, Bargain Booksy, I think, is in my bad Bargain Booksy books, if you get what I'm saying. I don't think that was not money well spent. Um, it used to be brilliant, but it looks like they may need to, I don't know, refresh their list, get some new people on it. I don't know, but... It's not as good as it was. I attribute, I used to call Free Booksy the poor author's book bub, but uh, I can't really call it that anymore. Um, it's gone off the boil. Um, f- for my books, it's gone off the boil. And it might be that that audience is oversaturated. That still means they need to replenish it, get some new people in. But that I would say that's really poor for that price. Nine books, not good. Um, so and we know that Don't Tell Meg um, converts. Um, it's not like it's a stinker of a book or has a stinker of a cover. So yeah, that wasn't money well spent. Um, and so I'm factoring, I was going to f- um, factor bargain booksy in when I did my rapid r- re-releases. I was going to fa- factor bargain booksy in and try and get a promo for every book on bargain, bo- bargain booksy, but they just got jettisoned and replaced by other prospects. So I'm going to replace them with fussy librarian and book gorilla. Um, book gorilla worked fine for me and fussy librarian has worked fine for me. Not in huge ways, but basically you want the number of sales you make. You, you want to at least get your money back, I think, on a on a promo. And 44 quid is not a lot of money to get back on a promo. And I ain't going to get it back with nine books, not even if they buy through the series. So um, I didn't think that was very good. So um, Bargain Books is I'm giving it a wide berth um, at the moment. Uh, and I'll come back to it. Wait till I hear better stuff from other people about whether it's working um, or not. I've also got one coming up. I've never tried Robin Reed's before, but I got one coming up on Robin Reed's on the 7th of June. So I'll let you know how the Robin Reed one, Robin Reed's one goes to and see how it compares. But I, I got to tell you for free, BK Knights, absolutely stunned at BK Knights. About 200 and something, 220 copies was it the other week on a $5 BK Knights promo. So if you do have a freebie in your armory, do try BK Knights. I'm certainly going to use BK Knights for my 99 pence and cents promos. And I know you always get fewer downloads, fewer purchases where there's a price on it, uh, but that's what I'm going to try um, for a 99 pence or cents sale and see how we go on that. Okay, I think that's pretty well it for this week. Next week, I'm going to complete my edits on So Many Lies. Not writing again next week. I got a child to run around to exams. So on my normal writing days, which are Thursday and Friday, um, I'm running one of my kids around for exams. And I just decided not to write. But I will be planning on those days. And I will be planning next weekend. And I will be planning on Sunday this weekend getting that next book ready to write. So it's all very exciting stuff. And um, I'm fired up. I've got an idea. I just need to sketch it out, but I'm, I'm all ready to write. I'm feeling ready to go with that next story, which is called Taken on Trust as a Working Title. So I will have another diary update for you next Saturday. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, and just remember that on Monday, because it's the first Monday of the month, 
uh, I've got an interview for you, Monday the 3rd of June, and it's my second interview with Adam Nichols, and Adam's going to be talking through in great detail the his rapid release strategy that led to 100K in one year. And I really, I know Adam writes thrillers, but I really want you to hear this. If you've ever heard the terms rapid release, if you've got books that are in a series that that you could apply this to, I really want you to listen to this because I dig into every detail. I mean, I ask him some pretty searching questions and I get some pretty remarkable uh, answers. So, you know, just listen to it, take notes. That's what I did. And I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to follow everything Adam said word for word with my rapid release strategy. So that's coming up on Monday, the 3rd of June. Look ahead to that dropping into your feed. And I'll also be back next Saturday with another edition of Paul's Podcast Diary. I hope you have a fantastic week of editing, writing, whatever it is you're doing in your author business. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for listening to Paul's Podcast Diary. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.